0: Welcome back! Welcome back, Leafs Late Night up on Spotify, Apple podcast and Amazon Music. Follow us on Leafs Late Night on Twitter. I'm Roscoe, joined once again by Steph, the fanalist. We got another game to talk about. How's it going, Steph?
1: Hey, Johnny. ha oh, what a game tonight! A little bit of disappointment at the end, but. You know, the Leafs have been 16-4-1 against the Sharks since 2005. I didn't know what to expect with this new Sharks team, but they played like it was five or six years ago. I don't know. It was like a whole new team on the ice.
0: Yeah, Brent Burns and Eric Carlson just turned the clock back and shut down everything defensively like they were in their 20s again. It was wild. Uh, And, of course, because the Sharks are playing a goalie that I've absolutely never heard of, Uh, That means that he's going to have 30 plus saves against the Leafs because that's just how it goes. (sighs) So in case you didn't catch the game, Leafs fall 5-3 to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, An empty nutter seals the deal in the final seconds. Um, Lots to talk about with this game. The Sharks were coming off of three games in four days. They played last night in Ottawa. They should have been... I'm sorry, but not that hard of a game for this Leaf team. They've been at the bottom of everybody's preseason picks for um, the Western Conference, and it's... I mean, they've come out swinging. They're undefeated now, and they're the first team to beat all Canadian teams in their first four games, so...
1: Yeah, seriously, no one picked the Sharks to have eight points at this part of the season. The Sharks remain undefeated even on the penalty kill. They have not let one power play goal in, mind-blowing let me tell you but this roster now has seven rookies in the lineup we have a seventh overall pick playing Jonathan Dowling playing on the first line with um Mir and Couture and the first power play oh my god it was interesting to watch that's for sure
0: it was and the, they've really started to figure this team out because I know for a while San Jose was just this collection of veterans that you know, they would have been good a couple of years ago when they were kind of all stuck with these contracts, they didn't know what to do with them. But now that they've kind of not worked for a couple of years and gotten these draft picks, they've got a pretty good mix of, of young and experience on this team. And man, nobody pegged them to come out like this. But man, Aiden Hill just shuts the door on absolutely everybody on the Leafs tonight. I mean, three yeah. goals, you, like you're looking at the shots and the chances they had, there should have been way more. He had some insane saves.
1: He was literally a brick wall in that I have to give it to Aiden Hill and the Sharks played like they were supposed to a couple years ago when they acquired Eric Carlson and they were uh, supposed to be the most defensive team in the league and then look what happened they just went downhill but I don't know what is the new deal this year it's not just with the rookies I don't know if it's Carlson's new haircut. He chopped that all <laughs> off. It just gave him this fire under his butt. And wow, tonight was the Carlson I used to watch when he played in Ottawa back in the day. And oh my God, what a first period, though. It was pretty even. I got to say, the shots were 11 11, no score. Personally, I found the Leaves had trouble getting into the zone. Oh my God, they were starting to do that dump and change bullshit I like to call it because it's just like a chase 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 game but uh getting into the second period that's when the fun really started to happen
0: yeah I mean it was like most of the goals was five goals in the second period and they all were back to back it was like San Jose gets on the board Leafs tied up like okay then San Jose gets up Leafs tied up and San Jose gets up again like Hutchinson just could not, unfortunately, hold down the the uh, the net for the Leafs end like uh, Hill was doing. And I mean, to your point about what changed for the Sharks this year, Martin Jones is gone. Martin Jones was not good.
1: <laughs> good point. Good point.
0: His numbers were verging on like like not a playable NHL goalie, if not worse. Yeah. So Aiden Hill. I mean, I was looking through his stats. He's never played more than nineteen games in a season. So. We'll see. They're rolling the dice with a couple people.
1: Yeah, I guess coming from an Arizona team, he's used to facing a lot of shots. But I got to say tonight, he was solid. Wow. I had higher hopes for Hutchison coming in tonight because even Keefe and the whole team had his trust in and out of the Leafs lineup. But unfortunately, he let a couple really bad goals in and it was brutal because the sharks bounced back. Like even in the second period, it was two point or two and a half minutes into the period. Spezza gets caught standing into the crease, finds the puck, gets it in, and then thirty seconds later, Timo Meier scores. And you're just like, oh, it's going to be one of those periods. But Andre Kasha first goal as a Leaf. Oh, Cash love plenty, it,
0: baby. Oh, that was so nice. That breakaway. I uh, yeah. i mean, the Leafs have had a lot of breakaways this year, so I was almost kind of expecting him not to score, but whew, beauty.
1: That uh, shootout move, though. Like, he had a huge block prior to that, then finds the puck, just scrambles down the ice, and I'm just like, please don't shoot it into the bullseye. Just don't shoot it at the guy's chest. But no, he whoop, whoop in. Yes, I was so happy for him because he's been pulling his weight on the team I'm loving this third line setup. Even though the lines were a little mixed up tonight, Keith had fun just juggling the lines. Uh, Kasha, I'm really hoping for Kampf to get one in next, but hopefully next game.
0: Yeah, so even though it came off his arm, Taveras does actually get his first goal of the season tonight. And um, with that, we should talk about the line changes because, man, to create any bit of offense, Keith was just kind of switching those magnets around on the board like oh man so Nylander moved up sometime in the second period uh replacing Richie on the first line and they put it was Nylander was on the right and they moved Marner to the left and bumped Richie down with I think he was on the third line because I I couldn't even find him because the second line he was was, benched (laughs) honestly I don't think he played
1: No, I I seriously think he was benched, and honestly good on Keith because you moved Spezza up to the second line, and you needed that. Like, we've been talking since the first uh, couple episodes here about the Leafs pulling up their socks in the third, and just not in time, but our death scored, which was great, and going into the, the third period, you you got to applaud the death on the team, but then you want those big guns to show up. We just needed somebody to do something.
0: Yeah. It's like the only thing separating the Leafs from having, uh, you know, the same losing record that some other teams have right now that can't score is that their depth of scoring. If, if Spezza and company weren't picking up these extra goals, we'd be sitting with a very, very low scoring Leafs team because still even with one from Taveras, this first line and you know, the top four besides I'll, I'll leave Nylander out. He's been decent, but they can't score what's going on.
1: Yeah. I don't know what's going on either. Like too fancy of plays. Matthew bad. Give, Matthew's had a he, bad giveaway. Oh my God. To Eric Carlson, which led to the goal yeah. by him on the blue line. And, then the offside call because JT was one step up on the play, but Matthews got a little fancy again, and
0: yeah, one too many moves.
1: <sighs> one too and many
0: moves. There, I don't know if you've noticed, but the Leafs had power play. I'm sure you did. Um, the first line could not get into the zone, and then power play two comes out, and they held the zone for the next minute and twenty seconds with I think yeah. ten shots. Like Spezza was just firing one after another and they were all over it. Engvall was scooping up everything. Newlander was scooping them up, sending them back over to him. Like that, that second power play line again, which is like the depth shouldn't be picking up this much slack. Spezza is not paid $9 million. Like he used to be. He's making, yeah. he's making 750 K guys. He's not your captain.
1: I don't oh, care if he brings God. the
0: leadership. Like, man, he should not be. I, I'm thankful as hell that he scores, but God, he should not be the one scoring every night. You're I have Matthews right on my fantasy team and he's ranked, he's like 400th. What is happening?
1: Hey, even Muzzin got an assist tonight and Matthews and Marner did not. So good on you for picking up Muzzin, but damn, like, Matthews that, you're was right about minus that. Two. Just for giving me those uh, McKinnon vibes from the other night being minus five or six. Just brutal, but you're absolutely right about that second power play with the better chances. Oh my God. You want something to roll, and then it just reminds me of the previous game when the first uh, unit was on the ice for the entire two minutes. You're just wondering, like, would that second unit be better at times? Like, I remember when it was a 1A, 1B type situation, but now we have all the top guns on the first unit and you you expect a lot like you have to at this point
0: and it's it's not like they're not getting chances i watched them get chance after chance we're in between the turnovers and a couple bad plays like we were saying with the offside there and, and a couple of missteps but they get a shit ton of chances they just can't put one in the net i don't know what it is these kids are just i don't know if they're still beat up from last year and they just think that you know this era isn't going to work like this team's not going to work they're just defeated like I don't know what it is but one of them needs to start scoring because uh if Morazic doesn't come back one might get for a goal
1: <laughs> Sheldon Keefe was talking about how they do get a lot of good chances but they're way too clean like we need some dirty chances in front of the net some rebounds deflections Anything, anything that will go in at this point. But oh, the the only thing I can focus on when Matthews was on the ice was how he was giving me JVR vibes with that mouth guard, just chewing it, chewing it. Oh my God. He never used to do that. But this season, he's just hanging out that mouth guard out of his mouth. And I'm like, oh.
0: I am not kidding you. Look what picture is open on my phone right now because I was showing (laughs) my girlfriend where Matthews got it from. It's a picture of JVR with his mouth guard hanging out of his mouth.
1: The only difference is it's not bright green.
0: (laughs) Yeah, his was so easy to spot. You could see it from the the overhead cameras. But I've never seen it before JVR, and I'm only assuming Matthew's got it from him.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and I used to think back in the day, like Matthew's first, well, back in the day, first couple seasons, these new guys never have the mouth guard just hanging out of their mouth chew and chompy 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 but tonight i don't even think that mouth guard could fit over his front teeth because it just looked flat and hanging out of his mouth i was like oh my god man like put that thing back in your mouth start skating and shoot the damn puck
0: <laughs> you'd think playing across the ice from brent burns would maybe teach you put your fucking mouth guard in <laughs>
1: Yeah, before you get one in the face and then you regret those fancy pearly pearly whites later on. like.
0: (laughs) Oh, did you see Logan Couture take a shot right in the chest? I think it was from Brent, too. He was like, he had to shake that off. He was like holding himself like like winded. I could not imagine how much that hurt.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. And I got to say, lots of blocks tonight. I'm really impressed with Riley on how he's getting a little bit of a jump up in his play and making those defensive uh, dives and like those blocks you would never see from him because now they're deploying him on the penalty kill, which the Leafs never used to do. So I'm wondering if he has contract in the back of his mind or I don't know, or he's just sick of it because he's the longest tenured Leaf. So he wants to see some change, like a little bit of everything. I don't know.
0: Hey, if but. you, if you change that OFD to a two-way defenseman, that's an extra like two and a half million for him in free agency. So, yeah, <laughs> he, I mean, that that could, honestly, that could bump him from like a six and a half, seven to being like, you know, in the company of the nine, nine and a half people. So, yeah, you know, he's, but. he's in that category with, I'd say with like Seth Jones and, and them for some teams might look at him and go that you guys are crazy and other teams are going to go. That's exactly what we need. Here's nine and a half million. So.
1: Well, yeah, I can see that happening because uh, Zach Rowinski alone got paid 9.583 million times six years. So, (laughs) like, if Rowenski can get a contract like that, Riley's laughing no matter what team he gets uh, picked up by or if the Leafs re-sign him if they can. Who knows? That's a while from now. But, yeah.
0: But no, you're right. A lot of good blocks. Riley had that pickpocket on uh, I think it was on Meyer on his breakaway there with the or almost breakaway on the, the empty net. I don't know why he didn't shoot, but um Riley yeah. pickpocketed him there. And the, yeah, there were a couple of times where he was like sliding in to uh to block people from taking shots and things and just really committing in ways I've not seen Riley commit his, you know, whole body to uh to playing defense before.
1: That's what I mean, right? It's like you scene. never see these things from Riley, but uh No good on him like he plays with a solid defensive core you have TJ Brody right beside him Justin Hall uh Jake Muzzin so he has to stand out if he's going to be the number one defenseman on the team
0: now Muzzin and Hall were a little rough tonight I'm not gonna lie there was like the bad um who was it who took the the there was a penalty near the end and um
1: it just, was uh hall
0: yeah the, hall cross check. the cross check at the end there yeah and they were both kind of just falling and you know committing to a hit and then landing on the guy and then you both take a while to get it. just like kind of sloppy play from them and just yeah i don't know i was expecting because you you shouldn't be when you're against a team like the sharks yes they're extremely defensive they shouldn't have five goals like i don't care if Hutchinson's yeah. playing in that he's still like bad goals aside i mean he's still got a what has been proven as a, de- a pretty decent defensive core in front of him. So five goals is unacceptable.
1: Yeah, you would think so from a previous Sharks team. But like I said earlier, this team has new players on the roster, let alone daleen led the Swedish league in scoring last year. So you never know with rookies, right? And sometimes these rookies are a blessing in disguise. Even though you would think they'd be playing third and fourth line minutes. He's right up there on the first line, the first power play and just surprising everyone. So part of me is not surprised. I'm more surprised about Eric Carlson's play and how he has literally changed everything this year, but uh good on him. He needs to earn that money <laughs> even though he's signed, but we've talked a lot about him before with the 14.5 mil this year. Oh yeah. my God.
0: And I mean, he, he doesn't want to be known as the guy who's the most overpaid in the league. And he didn't want to Mm -hmm. be around for the rebuild. He made that clear. So if these guys are proving that, you know, they're, they've got the speed and talent to go now, they're going to go now. And he's going to like, you saw him, they were up four, three and two minutes left. Carlson's still up in with the play in the offensive zone. Like he's not playing safe just because they're ahead. He's playing like Eric Carlson.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that power play though, just brutal i just thinking to myself why can't the leafs get set up like it's just bothering me and that's why i'm talking about it again it bothers me so much because there's just so much money on the line and we have to think about the contract right because of these huge numbers but damn and it wasn't even like they were relying on matthews the entire time it was like the sharks were just so defensively good and it was surprising but and it just made you more frustrated and uh yeah.
0: they just collapse in front of the net they bunch up it's really hard to get in front of the net with these guys i mean jt's good at it he was able to push through but i mean bunting was not the same kind of net front force that he's been the last couple of games like the the sharks proved that they can really lock down their net front it doesn't matter who's in net for them
1: Mm-hmm. Now they have Reimer and Hill as a goalie tandem. Good old Reimer. Remember those days? He yeah, was a he, fan favorite.
0: He uh, beat his always favorite to beat Sens last night.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> a, uh, being in Ottawa, I get um, the, I listened to their TSN Ottawa radio uh, morning show. Shout out guys. And uh, yeah, they were mentioning, oh, our favorite uh, our favorite goalie to play against James Reimer beat us again. I'm like, ah, <laughs> Nice. I love that. He's a legend in Ottawa.
1: I'm happy for him. I'm happy, happy that things are working out for him because I remember when he was the guy to be in Toronto and then how many goalies have we been through since he has left us. So happy for him. And
0: the old Bernier Reimer tale.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh man.
0: Speaking of teams coming out of the gates and surprising, um, I just want to talk about the standings real quick because this is, I mean, it, it is a little early. Some teams have only played two games, but the Leafs have played five. So I think it's, it's at a point where you can kind of uh, really early, but I want to talk about it. Panthers, Sabres, Red Wings are the top three in the Atlantic division right now. Red Wings tied with the Leafs at three, but... The Sabres are still holding on to second place behind the Panthers with the Red Wings, who are also supposed to be at the bottom. The bottom three in the Atlantic, Lightning, Bruins, Canadians. Pardon me.
1: What is going on? Seriously, no one would ever guess this. And if you look at the score right now, it's 3 nothing for the Bruins, actually. So Sabres might be handed their first loss to tonight of the season but damn like even if you look in the other uh conferences like st louis minnesota undefeated edmonton undefeated carolina undefeated buffalo you mentioned but washington only
0: has an overtime loss
1: yeah florida is an elite team we know carolina can be an elite team so it's kind of expected like florida averages about five goals a game but I think the real talk is about Buffalo and Detroit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Buffalo, and Detroit in the East are just like destroying everybody's betting odds every night. Like people are, must be losing tons of money on these guys because everyone has written off the Sabres songs, Jack Eichel as like, whatever, nothing's going to happen here. They're, they're essentially just a a write-off they're tanking. But no, these guys are going, don't count us out. Jeff Skinner's even going to score. Like, we're good, guys. Don't worry. Eichel's going to come back and we're going to go for it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So We're uh, all here to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Craig Anderson is finally fantasy valuable or what? (laughs) Like, I would never think I'd say his name in a fantasy sentence, but wow. And it's just names that you wouldn't expect leading the team on the Buffalo Sabres, like Jurgensen and Colin Miller, like what, who? And then all marks were turned tonight. So he is uh, shutting out the Sabres. Good on him. First game of the season. We'll see if he ca- holds that up for another uh, nine minutes there, <laughs> but. Oh boy. ah, First time going four no since uh, 2008 and 2009 for the Buffalo Sabres. In the last couple games, they outscored their opponents so 11-4. But um, I'm happy for them. But at the same time, I'm like, is are they going to be a threat for the Leafs? <laughs> What's going on here?
0: Now, um, there was a team that should be – I mean, we're going to get to another team that should be doing a little better. But there's a team in the West that should be doing a lot better than they are in the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, picked up Flower, mm-hmm. picked up Jones – They're like, let's go for it. And they're 0-4, 9 goals for, 21 goals against. They're worse than the Coyotes right now.
1: Yeah, everyone thought the Chicago Blackhawks were going to turn it around, even myself and picking up uh, Jones and Debrinkit on my fantasy team, thinking that's going to be an awesome stack. And then I thought, oh, my last sneaky pick of the draft, I'm going to pick up Jonathan Taves. He returns from his... Uh, chronic immune response syndrome disease and he's supposed to be on fire he's the captain he plays on the first power play on the second line with kubalik and no since i picked him up he's been minus six to start and no points so that was the easiest drop of the season for me so far but damn i know uh there's an yahoo article out right now saying that people should hold him but uh, he's on the wire in every one of my leagues and I don't know. It's just mind boggling that coach Jeremy Cl- uh, Colleton is splitting up DeBrinket and Kane to even out the scoring. So I don't know where the holes are fitting right now because you sign Jones to a $9.5 million contract per year for eight years. This guy's supposed to carry the team, but I really, really hope they turn it around, especially for fantasy purposes. Like a lot of us has been thinking, but yeah, uh, yeah it's uh.
0: i I hope they turn it around for the players. I don't hope they turn it around for management. yeah there's there's way too much ongoing behind the scenes with that team and uh part of that and with the it's funny them, the coyotes and the Canadians who all had bad PR in the same world are all winless. <laughs>
1: Chicago's super lucky, too, you know, for getting the reigning Vezina Trophy winner, Marc-Andre Fleury, for nothing. Literally, Literally nothing. nothing. Which like, I what a slap in the face. Oh, my God. What a slap in the face. Like, is he thinking now I should have just retired?
0: <laughs> Honestly, uh, it's tough. Because, I mean, retiring, he's just leaving money on the table. It's not like he doesn't have any good years left. I don't think he was counting on this i mean obviously nobody was counting on chicago with having a bad start like this but ah shit i don't know at just this point disrespect. you might be thinking that it's disrespectful uh, to flurry it really is
1: he's been disrespected time and time again and even when he found out about the trade he didn't even know until i think he looked on twitter yeah <laughs> so, oh and when my God. Letter just
0: had such a rough time in uh in vegas
1: yeah, and Leonard is still having a rough time. Like he's 1 and 2 to start the season with a 3.41 uh, goals ooh. against average. Ooh, .909 save percentage. What is going on? I know the top line is injured and then they got Danidov mo- moved up and all that good stuff, but ooh, this is why I did not draft these goalies this year because there's so much uncertainty with uh, these high valued goaltenders, even Kemper, you were saying before that Kemper has just been horrible for you.
0: Yeah. um, I'm sitting uh, right now with him at a, he is ranked 697th. He has let in two goals, four goals and five goals with uh, he's running like an eight something save percentage.
1: Yeah, that's it's the same bad. with Collar and Hellebuck. Like he, people use their top 30 pick in the draft to get Connor Hellebuck, and he is running at a .890 save percentage right now through four games. So these top tier goalies, I don't know what's going on in the fantasy world and the league in general, but people are getting screwed through their first first couple weeks. That's for sure.
0: No kidding. Um, I want to play a fun game uh, real quick here. It's called uh, I was watching Arizona and Edmonton last night. And guess who Arizona's goalie is.
1: You know what? I couldn't even tell you right now.
0: Just take a stab at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my who God. Plays net for the I'm... Coyotes. Oh, I'm blanking like hardcore. This is bad. Give it to it's,
0: me. It's uh, Nino Dmitrikov.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's exactly why I did not know another Russian name that I cannot retain.
0: The funny thing <laughs> is it's not, it's Karel Vejmelka. <laughs> 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 because that's how random of a name it is. I can pull a random check sounding name or Russian name in a thin air. And that is how random their goalie is. So he has a you 25 year old. He was selected in the fifth round in 2015 by nashville <laughs> he has never played an nhl game before oh this year like if that doesn't say we want uh what's his name shane Wright, i don't know what does <laughs> he's played three games he's got a 908 save percentage and a 282 goals against so
1: wow <laughs> no, I literally couldn't tell you because I knew that Hill was gone. Kemper was gone, and I know that uh, Sh- uh, Shane, the Ghost took over the blue line, leaving a uh, Chick Run a uh, little uncertain this year. But, uh, yeah, I don't know where the arizona co- Arizona coyotes are at. It's it's, uh,
0: uh, it's Phil Castle, <laughs> and that's it. That's what I watched last night it was Phil Castle Andrew bro. Ladd. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, Andrew Ladd's there too. <laughs> Man, what a graveyard! Remember him? Yeah, just like (laughs) we don't need this contract. Send it to Arizona, but don't go away, guys. But guys, (laughs) Austin's going to sign there at the end of his five years.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Clayton Keller. Remember him? (laughs) Oh Mm. man! But Uh, who knows? They could be like the Habs. Sabres scored. I saw that. Yeah, who scored? Olufsen, Golufsen, of course, <laughs> Golufsen.
0: Like Like yes. so, um, around the league, we would update on other scores, but all the other games are uh, are ongoing because for some reason the Leaf game started at six p.m.
1: It when, screwed me up.
0: And what three p.m. in San Jose? What the, who was this yeah. for? Is this something? It with, totally
1: like, screwed me up.
0: <laughs> I, I, this has to be. I mean, is there football on Friday? Is ESPN like? skirting around some football schedule for this like I don't understand why this game was on at six and it was every break in the game it was like oh you're probably just getting you know eating dinner or you know if you're in San Jose just getting home from work like everyone was just ragging on like why is this game on so early everyone was confused (laughs) not only was it on early I'm in Ottawa I subscribe through my television provider to Bell Sportsnet or Roger Sportsnet and Bell TSN. The game was blacked out in Ottawa. The Sens are not even playing tonight. I don't understand this blackout thing, like regional blackouts. Like I can't watch the game. So you know what? I'm not afraid to admit I had to find it somewhere else, even though I pay for the service. You want me to put out content about your team? I have to watch the game.
1: (laughs) It's brutal, especially when you're paying for a service. Why do we have to pay like... All this money not even to get all the games like what the hell it's it's so frustrating because when I had an NHL package it was the same sort of bowl and you want to flick back and forth between the games and you can and you just feel helpless and you don't want to be like those other people who stream and do all the illegal things but What are you supposed to do?
0: Yeah, you're not leaving me with much of an option. Like I'm originally from the Toronto area and I remember trying to flip around to like, oh, Ottawa's playing Edmonton. Let's watch, oh, I can't watch this game. Why? That's weird. Or like Minnesota and Arizona, I can't watch. That's weird. But now that I'm in a different market trying to watch Leaf games, it's so silly. Like I've never realized how restrictive that is to try and build a fan base outside of your own city. And like, I'm sorry, you kind of have to, Leave that open. You can't just expect like tickets to be the only thing. You're, like people come from out of town to go like, oh, it's so silly.
1: Speaking of tickets, I got an email saying that the Leafs are selling half uh, home season tickets for a certain price starting at around $1,800, which they have not done in years and years and years and years because the season tickets, there is a 10 plus wait a year wait list to even get that but now randomly they're selling half a season's home tickets at one price per Weird. seat so i was thinking to myself like it's 18 games 1800 so about 100 dollars a ticket which isn't bad but you're probably at the very 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 top and you need your binoculars to look down and see the game but in the 100 section I can't even imagine the price, but I'm wondering what happened there. Are they just desperate to fill seats or I don't know.
0: I think it's less um, about that and more about trying to sell guaranteed seats. Like I think they want to be able to look at the future ticket revenue a little better. And that's been really hard with COVID over the last two years to get an idea of. And now that Mm -hmm. people are allowed back in, I think there's been some hesitation to fill the place. Like I know they've been saying there's a couple thousand seats empty in all the stadiums that uh, in Canada that have allowed full, um, full capacity. So I think a lot of it is like, they're trying to like give people an easier route back in and get an idea looking forward to the rest of the season, like what their attendance is looking like, because the numbers for the last two years are unusable right
1: well it's usually a sold-out crowd and i'm just thinking did that big chunk come from all the anti-vaxxers that just won't get the vax and therefore they will not go to a game ever again
0: i think i mean there might be i'm not gonna completely you know shoot that down but i think there's also been a an idea around leaf tickets forever that they are unattainable and expensive and when you're coming out of a pandemic people are just going to assume that tickets have only, you know, gone up tenfold and they're going to be asking like oh if i couldn't afford to go before there's no way i'm i can afford to go now so there might even be a hesitancy to even check to be honest mm-hmm.
1: yeah cuz i'm checking a lot of the time cuz i'm always on the hound for tickets tickets all the time it is on average 200 plus dollars to get a Decent seat in the low 300s. So when I saw this deal, I was like, "Oh my god, 1800 bucks! Like, that's not that much. 18 games, I can do it." (laughs) But then you got to commit, and yeah, I just wondered, like, where did that come from? Because before this time of the pandemic, it was unheard of. It was mostly just corporate seats, and people complained how. Poor the crowd was because it would only be corporate fans and the cheers weren't loud whatsoever. Right. So,
0: well, maybe yeah. the corporate seats aren't being handed out again, like pandemic related. There's not as many people working in those offices. They don't have thousands of people that are like in the same building that they can hand these out to. They're not taking clients out to games because that's not, you know, a normal thing for everybody yet. So, it, it could just be that they've restricted themselves so much with. Uh, business and suit tickets that uh, those people aren't all back yet I don't know yeah. it's tough to say uh, but we're going to have to take a break right here we will be right back with more we'll be talking uh, some news around the league like oh um, Steph did did the Habs lose
1: I think so and something tells me uh, yeah dot com did they lose dot com <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll be right back to chat lots of things around the league Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. So uh, we have some score updates. The Bruins finished off the Sabres 4-1. So that's the end of that one. And uh, we got about 11 minutes left in the Raptors game. They are just handing it to the Boston Celtics. Current score is 87-68. So hopefully they can keep that lead up and finish it off for a win. Their first one of the season wraps nice
1: yeah taylor hall with the empty net goal to seal the deal against the sabers
0: i was wondering about that
1: yeah all mark with a big win against his old team first start of the year for boston so oh,
0: i didn't realize all mark was playing that's fun yeah now speaking of playing your old team and winning um last night in case you missed it there was a large return to Montreal with Yasperi uh, Kotkinyemi, uh, Sebastian Aho, and the Carolina Hurricanes rolling into town. Um,
1: <laughs> what a great I, night to own I, Sebastian Aho, I, <laughs> let me tell you.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: oh, man.
0: Um, what a good night to own him in fantasy, and what a good night to own him Um, if you're Don Waddell and the uh, <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes. So, for a bit of context, a couple of years back, the uh, Montreal Canadiens attempted to offer sheet Sebastian Ajo uh, unsuccessfully as the Hurricanes matched it and kept him. And then as a big uh, as they've kept the story that this is not for revenge, but 100 percent for revenge, uh, revenge. Don Waddell and the Carolina Hurricanes offer sheet. Yes, caught in the offseason from Montreal, uh, stealing him for what was it? Six point one or six point five. Six point one. Six point one as they were chanting uh from the stands every time he touched the puck. Um and poetic justice served uh the Montreal Canadiens and uh Jesperi Kokkeniemi scores his first goal of the season in Montreal despite raining boos and fuck yous and 6.1s. Holy.
1: <laughs> Do we feel bad for the Habs at this point? Like How? I No coming from a Leafs fan but at the same time I'm like damn they're on the verge of making history in the absolute worst direction possible because they're the only team in history to ever make the playoffs and then start the next season almost 0-6 so if they lose the next one they will make that record and yeah it's the only team in the NHL without a point too.
0: Okay, so taking my Leafs fan hat off, I do feel bad. There is a huge hole on this team, and uh, as Jeff Merrick of the Jeff Merrick Show, presented by Jeff Merrick, pointed out, Montreal does not have another major sports team. They don't have a football team. They don't have uh, a basketball team. Like they don't have a baseball team. All the focus is on the Canadians. Like this is That's right. this is not like Toronto, where the Raptors and Jays can take some of the heat, despite how insane. Uh, Leafs media is Montreal Mm -hmm. media is all Canadians. There's not another team that, that, that um, fan base cares about. So to have all of that centered on basically a zero leadership team of kids that need help, (laughs) like, honestly, (laughs) it's just, it's sad to watch. Like, I mean, I, I know Habs uh, nation is going absolutely bonkers right now. And I'm sorry. We need to touch on what followed the game from the Hurricanes Twitter cuz
1: Yeah. <laughs> What's the uh promo code there?
0: Uh so uh literally the second the game ends, the Hurricanes tweet out this link, didthehabslose.com. It's now now gone if you didn't get a chance to see it, but when you click on this link, it was just Dispery Cock and yummy nodding. Yes. <laughs> and uh if you scroll down, you could buy Sebastian Aho and Yasperi Kakenyemi uh, shirts, T-shirts for $20 for a limited time. It said 24 hours, but I'm assuming we sold out so quick. They pulled the site down because it was gone this morning.
1: 24 seconds.
0: Yeah. So um, it said with promo code, we. <laughs> <laughs> and they were tweeting in French last night. They were like, they just relentless. They, were tw- they tweeted a, a picture of uh, Sebastian Ajo, two goals, Jesper Kock and Yemi, one goal, and uh, Freddie Anderson with a victory in net. That. That's just, oh, that hurt. that's just twisting the knife, man. This is what we were twist, talking about. Twist. The NHL needs to be more fun and attract more people. I have to give it to the Carolina Hurricanes. They saw that, I don't know if you watched the Crime and Penalties documentary about the uh, Danbury trashers. But uh, these guys, I love what the Hurricanes are doing. They're just leaning into this bunch of jerks. Like, you thought that was the beginning? They've just been, hold my beer. We're one-upping ourselves every night.
1: They literally woke up and chose violence. They're like, I don't give a (laughs) shit. This is what's going on. We're going to rub that in. Ooh. Yeah, but you know, personally, I'm a huge softie and I have to feel bad for these guys after losing Shea Weber, Carey Price, Philip Deneau, Joel Emmonson, who's by the side of his ailing father. Like, what is going on? And you ask Mark Bergevin, and he does not want to do anything. He thinks the answer is right in front of them and the team has to do something about it. But there's some jobs at play because we know that Marky's in his last year of his contract. And there's some rumors that he's going to go to the a- LA Kings. So what's going to happen?
0: Rumor. He's going to yeah. go uh, rejoin Monsieur Dano.
1: Yeah. And you know, the frustration is painted on everyone's faces like uh, Gallagher last night broke a stick in the hall. You see Caulfield's face, that little baby face. So innocent. Oh. You're just like, He's not used to this lifestyle. He's used to being an elite player on these junior teams, you know? And he came off little team into the
0: playoffs.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's literally never little. lost. He's never lost. And he is, he probably has small man syndrome, you know, because he's so little and now he's just having a fit.
0: Hey. But Martin Saint Louis and Taidomi were and Kyle Wellwood, you know, there were a there's a lot of and Johnny Gaudreau. lots of good little oh, guys. Yes. They're all fast and they're all, if you ever play an NHL game, you can skate circles around people with them. They are the cheat.
1: Well, I remember episode one, I think uh, you called it 30 goals from Caulfield uh, this year, Johnny. (laughs) And right away, I doubted you, you know, I, this gut pit feeling in my stomach and my brain was just like, no, 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 this is not happening. And look what's happening now. I know that's still early. It's still early. Don't get me wrong, but In five games, the top line has combined for one point. Okay. The leader seems to be Petrie, but he's like, "Eh, Am I in it? Am I not? Like,
0: (laughs) he's looking around like guys, like, same thing Spets is doing. Like, I'm not, like, I, I like that I'm playing well, but I shouldn't be the only one playing well
1: yeah and fantasy owners are really kicking themselves in the butt because they drafted Suzuki thinking he's gonna pop off and maybe stacked him with Caulfield but people need to remember these two players have no- never played a full NHL season in their life so how do you mm. expect them to carry the team if anything you should be looking at the likes of Christian Dvorak or Josh Anderson but Poor guy Devorak. He's new to the Habs, and he's coming from a unsuccessful Arizona team. He thinks he's going to have the time is the time of his life in Montreal after they went to the Stanley Cup final. But
0: <laughs> meanwhile, Dvorak's the blitz and brought the bad karma with him.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but I'm telling you, Suzuki and Caulfield cannot carry this team, and Caulfield.
0: It's not fair to ask them to.
1: No, it's we're not. like twenty one.
0: <sighs> oh. I don't know what
1: Mark Bergevin is thinking, honestly, because he does not want to make any moves. It's clear, and he doesn't want to talk about it. But the pressure is on, and people are pissed. And like you said, there's no other fans in Montreal. The rest of Canada hates Montreal. It's so- getting to
0: the like Jeff Molson's going to step in at some point, and like I know Bergevin saying, you know, the answer is within, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's as much his decision as he thinks it is. You're a Canadian GM. The owners are pretty much GMs with you.
1: <laughs> Seriously, like they're already almost breaking league records in the worst way possible. How much further of a hole do you want to dig yourself in?
0: So Brutal. I want as much as I love ripping on the Habs and, and wallowing in their sorrows, um, my point was that the Canes are having fun with this. And it's nice to see. And I want to see more of that. And this is an awesome rivalry. It has nothing to do with where these teams are or history. It's we're starting a rivalry right now. And I think there needs to be more of those. Like, I mean, between the Leafs and uh, um, Calgary with Muzzin flipping the puck into Kachuk last year, and it just made the whole team implode. And this um, Rangers versus Tom Wilson thing, like these kinds of little, I mean, they're in the same division, but these kinds of, rivalries are what they need to play into more because it, it makes for good drama yeah, and um and it's
1: fun to watch it's fun it, to it follow and social media is going to be your biggest market and you want to do anything to attract more fans so why not just hit up the halves and shit on them even more?
0: <laughs> <laughs> change your uh, bio to french and see how many followers you get uh, yeah. but there have been other things um i know we talked about this how the league needs more it um, needs to do more to attract younger fans. And I was watching some of the videos that sportsnet has been posting. They've been rounding up uh, players from the Leafs and from other Canadian teams. Uh, they had them do drawing their logos from memory, which was hilarious. I think it was like uh, Mitch and Matthews trying to do the old, um, the, the old one. That's not like the easy one, like on my hat here. It's the one that has like all the little leaf things on it. So pff, good luck. Um, yeah. Nurse Who straight up
1: drew a pot leaf,
0: yeah. They both drew <laughs> pot leaves. Uh, Nurse and um Hyman. I mean, the, the Oilers one granted is probably the easiest. I do not envy the uh the Winnipeg Jets Sens.
1: or the, oh, the Jets. Sens. Well, the Sens is pretty hard,
0: it is. But to me as a Canadian, the hardest thing to draw is a maple leaf, and like that's why I can't draw the Leafs logo. but the Winnipeg Jets is a a plane, which is hard to draw, <laughs> and yeah. with a leaf, and it's in something. So that's just uh, you got to fit everything in, and uh,
1: it was Everybody pretty funny. Did. I really liked watching that segment. Honestly, like the first reaction from the players when they are told what they have to do, they're just like, "Oh, art! This and is they, not good." Whenever I they finished, sport.
0: they all said, oh, "That's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got." <laughs>
1: to Chuck's like oh my jacket is tight I can't do this let me take oh. off my jacket <laughs> but oh, I do like DuBois's little cute smiley face on the jet that was oh nice. that was so but funny Marner oh my god you said it looked like a pot leaf that just looked like a like an animal just fell off a roof and <laughs> splatted on the ground it was just like pfft. I'm like what <laughs> was, the fuck was that <laughs> it
0: was so bad I'm sorry Mitch that was awful but uh <laughs> the other one did you see them calling out Uh, each other so they were asking them like you know who's who would you not trust to tape your stick or who never calls you back and that was pretty funny
1: i liked it i love watching these kinds of things and when they when they ask players around the league like what what's your favorite video game or rap name rappers or just normal people stuff right it just makes them more human and we can connect with them and something else to just follow i personally I love watching that kind of stuff and like guessing their overall NHL 22 uh ratings
0: yeah that was cool <laughs> I think it's hard like they've been okay at it this was a good step all these videos on sports have been good but I think there's a, a line between cringy and entertaining that is hard to tell with things like this like I remember they used to do the Leafs interview leaps those were okay um but I find that sometimes when it's very scripted and they're like someone else has written this for the players to do and read it's like it just doesn't land but these have been good like taking them out of their element and getting them to show off their personality and especially after what we saw from all or nothing like mitch has personality let him let him talk
1: yeah and the best kinds of segments are those reactionary segments where you get like nothing scripted just what do you think of this or who do you think never answers their phone or will show up in justin bieber's music video that was like random totally things. a
0: shot at austin i love that uh who would you not want to sit beside on the plane i'm like i'm getting the feeling that mitch talks a lot everyone's like yeah I, if you want to sleep don't don't sit beside mitch
1: apparently he doesn't shut the hell up no <laughs> and jt just sleeps
0: uh so i want to move on to a little fun new segment um as this show is Still in its early stages. We're going to be premiering a lot of segments all the time. Uh, but this one is uh, a little cross promotion. Uh, shout out to our boy uh, at Darty broder on Instagram and Twitter, who is a uh, hockey meme page. So we have this new segment we're going to call the Dart Board. Okay, you with me, Steph?
1: I'm with you and I'm ready. I'm a dart lover. I was so excited to hear about this segment. And oh, let's hear it. I'm I'll give you whatever I got.
0: So known for some greasy memes, Darty Brodeur has sent us some uh, some greasy takes. So the game here with the dartboard, we're going to throw a dart essentially for these takes. So we're going to see what they score, uh, whether it's like a one or a 10 or a bullseye, or if this take just completely misses the board. So just ranking takes as a lot of these games are. But I think this is, this is fun. And uh, again, we get to shout out our, our friend on his memes. Um, so the first take up here, Brought to you by at Darty Broder. The Buffalo Sabres are making the second round of the playoffs.
1: That is bold. That's very, a very bold. bold prediction. Very bold. And I probably throw, if this dart lands on the board, it's probably from behind my back. And it's so lucky. It just happened to hit the board and land on a three, just because that's how lucky it was. But <laughs> every other shot, I'm just, creating holes in the wall i'm making craters and my partner's just pissed she's like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) stuff
0: i think that's interesting that it's like this sabers team you could throw it at the wall a hundred times and it would miss but one of them has a chance of going to the second round
1: of the playoffs behind the back too (laughs)
0: like the more adversity you throw out this team i think the chance of them making that goes up like they're just in that category right now so if you're going three, I oh my god this is insane I don't want to say
1: oh my god I gotta say like with my eyes open and staring at the board it's gonna hit the wall but I'm gonna throw this dart behind my back and it's gonna hit a three like it's just so (laughs) lucky like that you know like you just don't even know what's going to happen next and oh my god I got a three but I don't know. It's also the softy in me. Like I mentioned earlier, like I feel bad for these teams and I want them to succeed, but I got to say it's the trick shot behind the back hits a three and that's it. Otherwise all the other shots wall, wall, wall.
0: Okay. So this is like, so our scale here is like one to 20 and then a bullseye is like, you know, definitely going to happen. I, so here, here's what happens. I go to throw the dart and I'm like, this is, I'm I'm like aiming at the aiming at like a, like a one or a two, but then Jack Eichel just like behind me, holds my arm and just guides it (laughs) and it hits a seven. And you know why? Because if he comes back and plays with this team, this team is on another level immediately. If he gets traded, whoever they get in return for him is being added to a team that has come out swinging And has no expectations this season. If they make it to the playoffs, hey, like, honestly, I don't, if they make it to the playoffs, I give them a decent chance of getting to the second round from there. But I would say they have like one or two of them making the playoffs. If they make it, I think this Jack Eichel has the potential to, whether he's there or a trade happens, has the potential to lift them more than people expect. I'm going to eat this one. For sure. This is gonna be as cold as my Cole Caulfield 30 goals take. But honestly, I I am I'm impressed so far. And if uh if this team gets a superstar back,
1: so Jack Eichel has to come out of the abyss and guide your arm yes. to the board. And it's gonna happen. It's the only Maybe way he guided my dart behind the back of the head too. Like it's just one well, of those ghosty mean. things.
0: But if he remains on the sidelines and doesn't get traded and nothing happens, then it's hits a one or a two. Like that's, he is very much a factor, whether he plays or gets traded in what happens with the Sabres moving forward. Cause I don't think this team as it is, can keep up this streak. Like, you know, as much as it's, it's fun to watch them win like this, they're not going to go undefeated. Like, I mean, they just lost to to the Bruins. Like they lost four, one to a playoff hardened Pasternak and Marshall led Bruins team. So there's the test. Uh our second take. This is really greasy. I don't I can't even read this. <laughs> Tony D'Angelo wins the Lady Bing Award. Ooh. So for context, the Lady Bing is for sportsmanship and um just being a, a good person on the ice and if you know... Okay, I don't even... This This is like... Uh, I don't put it past the NHL to just be like, oh, redemption story, and we're going to give it to them as like a most improved kind of thing. And uh, I'm still yeah. saying this is like somebody... You know when people throw a dartboard and they like spin around with their eyes closed and everybody gets down? <laughs> that This like... This went across the bar and is like in a bottle somewhere just um, it's nowhere near the board. Like there's no way this can happen. I, you I know, can't.
1: You would think, but his current teammate, Jacob Slavin won it last year. He might just steal that right. Oh. Underneath the field. <laughs> and just surprise everyone because you know, <sighs> D'Angelo wants to make a name of himself. He left a really bad impression on the NHL and I'm surprised he's, he's even playing this year and good on him. And I'm glad he's succeeding because I definitely have him on a couple of my fantasy teams, but uh, for me, yeah, of course I do. (laughs) He's a late draft pick. Okay. But uh, yeah, I got to go with the first start. I don't even know if it made it. I, you guys feel so bad for me. I, it takes three darts and I get like two the hard way because Two out of three made the board and it was just like one, one, none. I don't know. It's it's one of those sneaky things, kind of like the Buffalo Sabres, like something you would never, ever expect. And then it headlines the next month or year. Like I got to give him the benefit of the doubt because I think the team is getting along with him so far, but is – what happened last time with the New York Rangers forgivable (laughs) and for context, he tried to
0: punt. He he swung at his own goalie, right? Like he, he, or no, he was chirping his goalie after they lost and their goalie punched him in the face. Yeah. yeah. Like he's just, he's not been a pleasant person to play with. That's, I mean, that's one of many stories of D'Angelo. But yeah, you know, uh have you ever seen mike tyson there's a clip of him throwing darts at a dartboard with his eyes closed and he hits like three or two bullseyes it's like his first one goes like north and then he hits like two bullseyes in a row with his eyes closed like that's what i feel like because the nhl is so unpredictable but predictable in the way that they do some dumb shit like this by giving yeah. it to him as like most improved it's like this
1: publicity too.
0: I'm, it's So back to my like, yeah, eyes closed and it goes across the bar. But like, there's also the chance eyes closed. It just hits a bullseye because this fucking league does that.
1: Yeah, oh, seriously. this is such a hard be, thing. Uh, I, know.
0: I, I read like, this and I was like, ding. this is a joke. This is hilarious. But now I'm like, you make a good point. Slavin won it. If his whole yeah. team is vouching for him, like, oh,
1: no, I can see that happening. You're shooting across a bar. It literally hits off seven pint glasses, dun, dun, off dun. someone's head, and right in. It just, Oh, look at that. <laughs> Guinness, World, Guinness Book World Records, a uh, prime shot right there. If he can never do it again, no. But uh, it'll be recorded. It'll be talked about. And it will top headlines. So I can see it happening. I don't know. But I'm just weird like that because i'm now vouching for him because he plays on two of my fantasy teams so now i'm just hoping he'll win me some money but i mean yeah
0: we're a little late in the show to get into it but it's just the the nhl needs to make a one of a stance on where they where they stand on problematic players and somebody like like having tony d'angelo playing in the league right now at the same time as this is a Kane stuff is going on. This is a time for them to really show everybody, you know, what are the standards and what do we expect of our players and what misconduct is not acceptable in this league because at this point there is not a very long list of unacceptable conduct in the NHL
1: and it seems yeah. to be
0: one of those things unfortunately is getting caught with drug prescription drugs that are given to you by your own team. <clears throat> so uh, moving on, we'll get into that when we have some more time and, uh, and Andrew's here, but uh, I do want to talk about the salary cap real quick. Cause this has been all over a lot of uh, people's people's podcasts and radio shows lately. Um, a lot of huge deals signed this year uh, and a lot of big ones coming up like Adam Fox and Jack Hughes uh, expecting big money at the end of this year. A lot of people are ripping on the Leafs for this whole situation where they had to call up Alex Bishop. Um, Sorry, guys. If you're handing out nine plus million dollar contracts to all these defensemen, there's going to be a lot of people in this situation next year or the year after while we're still in somewhat of a flat cap. Like, it's not going to go... Even if it does go up in three years, these teams are setting themselves up for issues here. Like... Yeah. This spells lockout or renegotiation of the cap all over it
1: yeah and I won't be surprised for example Adam Fox uh he's going to want that nine plus million dollars especially he just won that uh Norris trophy and let alone in the offseason you have nine defensemen getting signed for nine plus million dollars a year and then uh, Miro Hiskanen with the 8.45 but wow like a couple years ago you would never think of defensemen getting these types of contracts so it's interesting to see what the New York Rangers do at the end of this off or at the end of the season, because if Adam Fox keeps up his pace with the age he is at only 24 or so, and the team's financial situation, he can be locked in for close to a $10 million a year contract. He could he signs long term.
0: And uh, we've seen forwards, excuse me, now get huge money. Now the defensemen are getting huge money. The goalies are going to ask for it next. And the cap space is not there. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, by the way, um, Adam Fox is 23.
1: Okay. Even better. Right. (laughs) So long-term, they definitely want to seal the deal with him. They have money to spend. They were in the talks about Jack Eichel and signing him, but then they signed uh, Mika Zibanejad. And, they can do it at the end of the off season to, to give Adam Fox the money. And he's already on uh, a point uh, per game uh, progression. And I'm thinking he's going to get minimum 9.5, especially after seeing that Seth Jones contract, the Charlie McAvoy contract. Like I would never guess that he'd be getting $9.5 million. a you, Are you kidding me? I would think around six or seven, but yeah I'm just, it's...
0: I'm just curious what is uh igor shesterkin's contract
1: he, a good question.
0: oh they locked him down last year so he's making five and a half a year until 2025
1: okay. uh
0: that is going to look like a steal i was just gonna say that these goalies that are currently locked in anywhere between three and five million dollars or six million dollars In a couple Mm -hmm. of years are going to be the most valuable contracts in the league because these guys are going to start asking for seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars guaranteed.
1: Yeah. What a steal that is. And he he is such a valuable goalie. And if this cap does not increase, I I don't even think the NHL can afford another lockdown, right? Because the cap didn't increase in the first place. So I don't think they're gonna go the lockout route. They might go for a soft cap route, but yeah, with 81.5 mil until the league recovers financially from the impact of the pandemic, I don't know, maybe a couple more mil next year. But yeah, another big name that we were talking about earlier, Jack Hughes wants superstar money, but is he a superstar I don't think so. And he kind of ruined his chances after getting hurt. But no even if you look, if you look at the last couple years, if he was on a pace for an 82 game season, he would have only averaged 27 points. And then last year, 45 points. So it's not like he's even putting up superstar numbers. Like there's guys on the team, such as Nico Heisher or Travis Zajac, uh, Zaka Brat, that have better numbers than him. So.
0: Let me ask you a question.
1: Yeah. Is nine and a
0: half million dollars a year for Andre Vasilevsky one of the best contracts in the NHL?
1: Well, considering that he's supposed to be the best goalie in the world.
0: Sorry, nine and a half for the next seven years.
1: <laughs> okay, that changes everything.
0: <laughs> he signed an eight-year contract last year at nine and a
1: half. Wow.
0: Uh, I give it the second the salary cap goes up, he is like the best contracted goalie in the league, hands down. Yeah. Like you cannot, like you're not going to be able to get, I mean, unless his game completely falls off, which I don't foresee. I mean, Mm -hmm. these goalies tend to have longer uh, career. Look at Mike Smith. God. Uh, These goalies have long careers. And if, (laughs) man, Tampa just continues to, Just get the best contracts from everybody. It's not fair. (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) They're smart. And that's why they won the Cub two years in a row, right? They're just awesome all around.
0: So instead of a lockout, and instead of people are talking things like soft cap and luxury tax and all these things, I... I know you don't follow basketball. Uh, I'll actually, shout out Raptors just won by thirty-two points over the Celtics.
1: Whoa! Big
0: first game uh, or first win of the season in their second game. Um, Let's go. But there is a interesting rule in the NBA when it comes to free agents. So something that people complain about. Um, I heard. I think it was Odog on Overdrive was talking about this. I might be wrong, but when you draft somebody and you've developed them to then lose that player in free agency seems kind of ridiculous. Like it's not very incentivized. Like the whole point of the salary cap era and the draft and everything is that if you come in the bottom, you're going to get a high draft pick and you can develop them and put a team together around that person. But the way it's currently working is if you get too many of those people, or even if your seventh round guy ends up being good and you're like, great, we, we hit on a team in three years, you can't afford them anymore or less if they're in different drafts. Yeah. So that takes me to the Larry Bird rule in the NBA, where if you have a player under contract for three years at least, and they were not waived in those three years, you can go over the salary cap to re sign that free agent.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: It's to incentivize not losing players that you have developed for your team that have come up through your system that you have invested time and money. And, and games into you were allowed to go over the salary cap to sign those players. Now with the NBA, I think it comes with a, a luxury tax on top of that, but the idea is there that for a team like the Leafs who in the last couple of years have lost anyone from the likes of, you know, Hyman to, uh, you know, like the list goes on. I don't need to get into this again, but those kinds of players and like we're looking at right now with Riley, would not be the same kind of story they are if the NHL had an option like this where players that, even if you drafted them, because I know the NBA shifts around a little more than the NHL does, if it's a player that you've drafted and you've gone through their rookie contract and they've gone to unrestricted free agency, you should be able to go, that first UFA signing year, you should be able to go over the cap to re-sign that person.
1: hmm I would wonder what... NHL teams would look like today if we had that rule, and how many players would be kept like wow and, and what is the max to go over the salary cap I well that's the
0: thing is a, an NHL roster is so much bigger that it would cause issues where you you know you'd have like fucking 10 12 guys that are all on these kinds of contracts um, mm-hmm. and you're all of a sudden 40 million 60 million over the cap but like there's a way that you can work a system like this in where a certain percentage you can go over if it's re-signing a player that you have drafted because it's, it's ridiculous. Like the situation that the Leafs have put themselves in with Hyman and Riley and in the past with, oh my God, JVR and Kadri and um, pull it, I, I can't even think of names right now. I'm just so tired, but um, it's just, it's silly that it happens. It honestly is. And you're going to see, like Edmonton ran into kind of the same thing. There was no way they were going to be able to keep all those people they drafted and they started flipping all of them and lucky for them, they got bad deals out of them or else they wouldn't have been able to afford the guys they traded for either. So it's just going to be an endless cycle of teams sitting at the cap ceiling or the cap floor. Like it's it's unsustainable.
1: Yeah. I'm really interested to see how much this cap raises and when it does and the contracts that come with it, because this off season alone just boggled my mind with the large defenseman contracts. Everyone's going to be wanting more money. Who knows how long they're going to wait out after training camp to start playing and pull a Willie. Like, Oh, it's just so up in the air. And it's,
0: it's tough. It's like the Leafs set the precedent almost with Matthews and Marta for paying and like McDavid and like that era, they set the, the precedent for paying for potential points and goals instead of proven so you know yeah. they they know what they're going to do and now it's almost like that's kind of happening with um, the salary cap going up they're paying like the the negotiations between agents and, and the GMs have been like well we we know in in two or three years the cap is going to go up at least x amount so that's what we're negotiating a six or seven year or eight year deal based on. So Mm -hmm. it's tough because it's all hypotheticals and we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the Leafs didn't know that they were going to sign all these double digit contracts, then get locked into a flat cap. Like that was all done with the anticipation of it going up as much as people want to rip on Duvis for shooting himself in the foot.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Anyway, we will move on to our, uh, our final segment of the night, which is uh, revisiting last week's shootout picks and uh, going into some more rows. So, last week, Steph, uh, you picked Matthews, Bunting, and Spezza. Hey. My
1: boy, Spezza scored Spezza. tonight. Got the only that. guy to score out of all of our picks, which I was surprised to see Bunting didn't get a couple assists there on the play because he was all over the ice tonight. But I know. Spezza, oh, good old vintage. I. Yeah.
0: I mean, Andrew picked JT, but he's not here, so his goal doesn't count. Sorry, bud. Um, But I picked Bunting, Neilander, and Simmons based on the performances the first couple of games, and they unfortunately did. Uh, They played well. I mean, they didn't play badly, but...
1: Well, Simmons set up that Spezza goal. He's the one who got the puck off the Sharks uh, defender there and set him right up for the big uh, Spezza goal. So that was awesome. And JT almost didn't get that goal. Luckily, it hit off his elbow, but... uh, no yeah, and unfortunately, Jack Campbell did not play tonight, so we can't give him a win or a loss for Andrew's team.
0: But, hey, we predicted that one. We called Hutchinson was going to play this game on the last episode. Yeah. So, hey, point for Leafs late night. We're new to the okay. game, but we know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Leafs take on the Penguins tomorrow at 7 uh, in Pittsburgh. Taking on uh, – is Crosby – I don't think Crosby's back yet, is he?
1: Crosby, Malkin, Carter. They're, they're all, out. all out.
0: Oh, Carter's out now too? Wasn't he filling in for them?
1: Yep. And someone tweeted actually one of your uh, podcast buddies saying to take all Penn's fantasy <laughs> players tomorrow because Leafs are pretty much a guarantee a loss. And even with Rodriguez centering that top line, they think Leafs are going get, to get roasted. But uh, hey. yeah, that hurts a little. But
0: oh yeah. yeah, Sid had wrist surgery. I forgot he's out for a bit.
1: Yeah, there's no date yet. Uh, they oh, say Jeff, that-
0: Jeff Carter and Tristan Jari end COVID protocols one day ago. Oh,
1: good. There you go. But oh, but uh... then they test
0: positive and enter it. I don't know. It's hard to keep up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So Jeff, uh, going through it, dude. Oh, what do we think, Penguins? I mean. Goaltending hasn't been awesome for them historically the last couple of years. If Jari's back in net, eh, Crosby's still out, Malkin's still out, eh. It's one of those things yeah. where, you know, this was the same setup for the Sens game that the Leafs lost, so. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime uh, everything is on paper in their favor, they'll find a way to get 40 shots and lose.
1: Pretty much. It's so like, who's I Pittsburgh's
0: gotta... random backup goalie?
1: <laughs> yeah. DeSmith. <laughs> yeah. But if I gotta pick someone to score tomorrow, I'm gonna go with Willie, actually. He looked pretty good tonight, shooting a lot of pucks on net, and which resulted in that JT goal. So I gotta go with Willie. If we're picking three, my next pick would be um Ingval. You know what? I think Ingval is time to get a goal. He is hungry. He's had an awesome couple games besides that uh, second game there but and the third one just because I really really want him to score is Kampf he deserves oh, a goal he is doing everything right on the ice he's so defensively responsible and I really really hope he sinks one in
0: one can only hope because yeah. he's man Kampf and Engvall, That the the uh, third line um, Kasha conf and um Kerfoot. <laughs> They were just man, they're just everywhere. I know they got split up a little bit, but those three guys have just been all over the ice. I just want want one of them to put one in. Kasha got yeah. that nice one, but oh, the other guys need him.
1: They got um, the best line on the ice tonight, I think.
0: I got to go. Matthews has to finally score. Like he can't th- this drought can't continue. Like purely out of there's only so many games he can go without scoring. I'm gonna take Matthews because he had a couple yeah. looks. He's just gotta find the fucking net. Um yeah.
1: he was so hungry the first game. And then what happened tonight? So
0: I don't know, man. Um, I think we're gonna see one from the defense. I think Sandine's gonna put one in. He was yeah. uh, he had some good looks, There's a little spin around there, faking a couple of people out of the blue line. He's he's got some fancy footwork, that kid.
1: Yeah, definitely. I thought Dermot was gonna sink it tonight too, actually oh, at no. the end. Oh my god. And then he held on to it too long and around the net out of the zone. Ah oh, just drive me nuts, but uh I'm with you on Sandine.
0: And I'm going to with my third one. So I got Matthews, Sandine, and I'm gonna take. Wayne again. Simmons yeah. is I mean, he's just been everywhere every night. This guy's like him and Spetsa. that fourth line is
1: <laughs> dangerous. They're playing
0: like like I, I don't get it. I get that they have different um competition that they're playing against in other lines. They play against, you know, third and fourth line minutes. But man, they were out there with like the Leaf's first defensive pair. Like Keith knew who was playing the best.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like those picks, though, actually. I think it's going to be someone who hasn't scored yet this year that's going to pop off tomorrow, hopefully, and definitely has to be one of those superstars, too. I, I'm also really hoping Marner sinks one. We need Marner's confidence back. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's been a fantasy disappointment thus far, too. Only one assist in five games. So people are really hoping Marner <laughs> comes back back comes through and shines
0: all right so that is going to finish us off for tonight catch us tomorrow night but we're going to be a little later because game's back to seven leafs take on the penguins i am johnny joined once again by steph the fanalist we're signing off
1: see y'all tomorrow